Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of PGA Grinders Live After Dark. You're on Roto Grinders, Justin Van Zuden, your host here tonight. And we're coming off the third major of the year over in England last week. A fun tournament that was highlighted by some fairly easy scoring conditions for a couple of rounds and brutal scoring conditions on Friday, kind of showing just how much of an impact uh, the weather can have on the Open Championship. And it was Jordan Spieth that came out on top when all was said and done, uh, besting Matt Kuchar by three shots. And those two guys were pretty much one and two throughout the entire week. So if you had them on your rosters last week, uh, and we talked about Kuchar on the show being one of the most popular selections of the week with his price, and his recent form and uh, that success continued last week shame for him that he couldn't uh, bring home the major but he just got beat by uh, Jordan Spieth who was pretty dominant on the last five holes on Sunday so it was still a fun tournament to watch a fun Sunday with those two guys kind of neck and neck for much of the way uh, bring in the two co-hosts tonight uh, Brian Devonshire is with us uh, still alive and rafting in the uh, Colorado River what's going on Brian Oh, it was my birthday yesterday, which is about the best part of my weekend because the chalk went off. So I spent it 25 years young today or last <laughs> 36 now. I will never be as young as I am today. Well, happy belated birthday. Thanks. And how has the uh, foray in the river been going the last couple of weeks? Oh, it's lovely. It's certainly the late July season when the river is slow and the kids are out in full force. But I had a lovely day yesterday colleague of mine, and a couple of ladies. And it took us about 24 hours to do a stretch we normally do in one hour. It was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Gib Pollard also along with us again tonight. And uh, looks like you're out there uh, course side. Ah, yeah. No, unfortunately not. I, I really wish I could bounce from uh, course to course. Don't think you my do family. You do quite well sometimes. Huh? You do that quite well sometimes. Yeah, I oh, no, I don't think my uh, family would love it if I was constantly on the road. But uh, happy birthday to Devo. Uh, we are currently the same age for a couple of months. And then, uh, yeah, then I uh, get a little bit older. I respect you, my older. <laughs> <laughs> a few months, it counts. Uh, hey, it's all it's just a number, right? Uh, just a number. You're only a day older than you were the day before. So it's all good. <laughs> I got a little chuckle on one of our Sirius XM shows when the uh, producer uh, mentioned that he was born in 1993 and that made me feel pretty old. So uh, it's, but Hey, it's just another, I wonder when, uh, I, I wonder when, when uh, Devin who's producing the show tonight was born. I'm curious now uh, <laughs> where we compare in terms of age. all the producers are going to have to out their age. Now we'll have to make that a part of the show. Uh, Gib, how was your open week? 
I was all right. I uh, uh, between uh, fantasy draft and DraftKings, I, I pushed even. I, I did much better on fantasy draft at uh, seven of seven um, in my lineup. So you know, I had to pick and choose. Uh, I went all in Gary Woodland, and he ended up being the guy who was booted from the fantasy draft roster as the lowest uh, scorer. But um, yeah, DraftKings, I probably fifty percent. I think uh, yeah, I. I I was down about 50%, but uh, Fantasy Draft made up for it. Hey, if you have a uh, break-even week, sometimes that's not the worst thing in the world. So a new week is upon us, and uh, we're in back in North American soil this week, but uh, in Canada for the RBC Canadian Open. So a lot of guys have made the flight back and are going to play again uh, this week. Uh, some of the guys that are sponsored by RBC, RBC is a big sponsor for some of the golfers are playing. A lot of the Canadians, of course, are playing. They kind of treat this as a fifth major sometimes. Uh, so you see a lot of Canadians in the field this week. One word of note, uh, Brant Snedeker is an RBC sponsor guy, and he withdrew kind of surprisingly from the Open last week on Wednesday. Uh, it was nice to have that day of, of warning to get him out of your lineups, but uh, he has also withdrawn from this week's tournament with a rib injury. So um, Brant Snedeker, one of the highest-priced golfers of the week. Make sure you don't roster him as he will not be playing for the uh, second week in a row. So uh, we got a course set up here at Glen Abbey in uh, Ontario. Are we in Ontario? Is that where this course is? Uh, All right. I'm getting my Canadian geography down pat here. Uh, we've got a par 72 course, just over 7,200 yards, relatively short by today's par 72 standards. And all four of the par fives come in at 560 yards or less. So, all of the par fives are pretty much going to be reachable for everyone if they're in the fairway. Uh, and the bigger hitters are going to have some short irons into these uh, these par fives. So that's where a lot of your scoring is going to take place. Uh, Debo, what do you got for us about uh, the course and the setup here this week? Yeah, as you mentioned, the par fives are really where the scoring is going to be coming from. Uh, even the shorter guys are going to be able to reach there. And it's going to be a scoring fest mostly because of the par fives. The par fours are also very gettable. This is definitely a short course. You don't want to target the guys who are making birdies, especially on the par fours and par fives. Um, as far as course specifics go, uh, a lot of sand out there. Um, but I'm really looking at the stroke skinned approach, stroke skinned off the tee, stroke skinned around the green. The greens are a little bit smaller than normal. Uh, they played really fast last year, but I think they're going to not play fast at all this year, partially because of the rain and also because of the grass that had a bit more time to grow in. So I think that there's going to be an edge to the bombers, but I'm more interested in guys who can who are just scorers rather than separating out the bombers. I don't think I'm going to target driving distance particularly. Yeah, Gib, how do you did you did either of you read anything about how a lot of the traps didn't have enough sand in them last year? No, did I, I didn't read many articles about this leading up to today, but uh I wouldn't yeah. I read an article about how the like a couple of the bunkers only had like an inch of sand. I don't know, it was I can't remember where I read that now. I try to find it again, but uh, I thought that was interesting anyway. Uh, hopefully they on a course with a lot of bunkers hopefully they've filled uh, some of those in this year i know there were a few guys complaining about it but uh give what do you think of the the setup here this week well um it's a jack nicholson design so uh 
I think I said that. I always get Jack Nicholson and Jack. Uh, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't. I did. I wouldn't have caught it either until you corrected yourself. Yeah, uh, it, Jack. It's a Jack design, um, and he, as a golfer, always thought the golf was more fun playing downhill. And so you notice that driving distance increases by at least I think twenty yards per drive for all the golfers. Last year, Jim Furyk averaged two hundred and ninety-six yards per drive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's just trying to, he's been trying to work on that. Don't you know? He he was like fourth last in driving distance for, for 2016 at this course. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of pokes out there. Uh, I think DJ was uh, 330 yard average and that's on all drive, not just the select two that they, they do for driving distance. Sometimes on those par fives, they just select two per round and then you get eight measured drives and that's what the, I think standard driving distance is, but on all drives, um, yeah, they were averaging almost, uh, the field was probably averaging over 300 yards, but you know, those lower, uh, lower driving players, they, they were getting, they were pushing up there near 300 as well. So it, I'm with not how short with how short this course is for a par 72 plus that fact, it surprises me that in this day and age that the winning score was only minus 12 here last year. Yeah, I, there might have been some weather. The, the, the cut was plus two. Yeah. It, last it, year, it where it's, it's usually uh, minus one, minus two over the last couple of times at Glen Abbey. So there, there might have been, I mean, I don't really remember back to the uh, to the Canadian Open last year because it was sandwiched between two majors. So you sort of, you know, the, the, the deal with Henrik was so great. And then you have to sort of regroup yourself for the Canadian Open. But then you also have to think, oh, the PGA Championship is next week. So really got to start thinking about that as well. So, you know, a bit a bit fair, fuzzy on, um, you know, specifics for the Canadian Open uh, last year. Well, Johnny Vegas was your winner over uh, Dustin Johnson by a stroke. Uh, yeah, the, the previous year, the winning score was minus 17. And also worth noting that this event has not been contested at this course every year. They've, I don't even know if it's a standard rotation or some sort of mismatch or it's it's the main one it's uh you know they play uh, royal montreal sometimes i think there's two others in the rotation but this is the main one this is one that they like playing at the most so they did they have played here in 15 and 16 14 was held 2014 was held on a different course so just make sure you you note that if you're looking at course history that uh uh it hasn't been contested here every year so if you go farther back the the last five years that it's been contested here 16 15, 13, 2009, 2008, and 2004. So those would be the last six uh, RBC Canadian Opens held at this particular course. Keep that in mind if course history is your thing. Uh, Debo, you got anything on weather or anything of that nature? Other miscellaneous things about the course? Yeah, weather was terrible last year on Friday. It really kept the scores down, pushed that cut line up to plus two. It's looking like it might be the same thing again this year. Uh, Thursday looks windy-ish, eh? Friday looks pretty crabby, eh? So uh, <laughs> I don't really see an edge here yet, but as we all know, wait until the last minute and get your best information then. But then again, we're looking at it. Friday weather from Wednesday evening is pretty tough to do. So uh, I, I think I like this Especially stuff from more Tuesday for, evening. Yeah, I, but it might ownership you know and if people get a hankering from one side I, I like to pay attention to that 
Yeah, last week was kind of all over the place. It was looking like there was an edge to be had for one wave, and then it kind of disappeared, and there really was not much of an edge to be had. Friday was just kind of bad for everybody last week, and uh, that's what the final forecast pretty much showed if you waited to the last minute to set your lineups last week. So there can be an advantage to doing that for sure. Uh, just make sure you reserve your spots in there before the contest. Phil and DraftKings is being a little more aggressive with their tournaments this week. Uh, pumped them up a little bit from the tournaments that we saw, you know, before the, the major last week. So I mean, there's no millionaire maker out there or anything like that, but there are some large GPPs on DraftKings, which is nice to see. Uh, of course, you got the Euro Tour Golf as well, and then there's some bigger names playing over there again this week. Uh, but we're here to talk about the Canadian Open and start getting into the golfers here on the top end. Uh, Dustin Johnson is kind of your biggest name here in the field this week. He's $12,200 on DraftKings. The form has been a little bit shaky lately, um, but he's clearly the class of the field. So interested to see what people will do with Dustin Johnson this week. And uh, Gib, what's your take on uh, DJ and Kuchar there at the top here? I'm not confident in either one. I mean, Dustin Johnson's sort of form recently scares me off him just a little bit. He did look like he was going to push his way up. I think after round three, it could have been after round two or round three that he uh, pushed his way into the top 10 and looked like that he was going to be the goods for the, for the open championship. And then he faltered, uh, I think in the final round. So, you know, it, Kutcher, how is he going to react after, you know, you know, once Spieth hit a Gib Pollard shot, you know, way, way right. I figured he was hosed. Kutcher probably thought he was hosed and it could have been a, a sort of a walk-in for Kutcher. And then all he could do is to stand back and watch Spieth just annihilate him over the last five holes. So I don't know how he's going to respond to that. Uh, Kutcher's a pro though, so I, I could easily foresee a, a top 10 out of him. But out of the, the three players above 10K, I'm looking more at Charlie Hoffman um, for, I'm, I think, I'm not sure what his ownership is going to be. So um, right now I'm, I'm pegging Charlie Hoffman as my play um, just because I think he does pretty well when it comes to courses which uh, depend on uh, driving as opposed to the short game. So uh if I have to rank him, I'll probably go Hoffman, Kutcher, and DJ. Which is the exact opposite of where we have their projected ownership right now. So, hey, if you're playing some tournaments, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Devo, where do you stand on uh, these couple guys at the top here this week? I think that they all make fine plays, and at this point of the week, you can't really argue with any of them. I kind of have a feeling that Kutcher is going to be a little bit too popular. I think he's a little bit too overpriced. And I think that people are going to flee from DJ a little bit more than they should with this, you know, a couple of missed cuts recently. Um, I'm buying on DJ. I think his price is totally fair at 12-2, even if Sneds was still in the field. But with Snedeker out, it makes DJ even that much more likely to win. And if people are going to be off of him because of some form issues, like we can't ignore that he's the best golfer in this field and it's not even close. Kuchar has been bloated by recent form, as has Hoffman, you know, but these are guys that we routinely see in the 7K range. DJ is a guy we routinely see 12K, and he's not any more expensive with way less competition to deal with this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting angle with DJ. Obviously, the odds are, are fantastic. He's, what, 9-1, to one, something like that. So 
he is capable of overpower. He might have wedges in on some of these par fives. Who knows with his second shot with how far he can hit it and the downhill nature of some of those holes and the fact that all the par fives are short. Uh, it's just there are going to be eagles this week. He would be the most likely guy to, to get some of those. Is there some risk with his recent form? Yeah, uh, I think that will only serve to kind of keep his ownership down a little bit. Really fascinated to see where people go with this. You know, if everyone recognizes, yeah, he's the the best guy in this field, I'm, I'm just going to play him regardless, or if people get scared off by that current form. So, uh, Gib, you got any more thoughts on uh, on DJ or any of these top couple guys? No, I'm, I'm just wondering, is he an RBC guy or is he just playing because, you know, in-laws and whatnot? Uh, I don't think he is an RBC guy. I, do. I did this last year. I, I Googled it up and found a team RBC. So here it is. Uh, Graham DeLatte, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, Adam Hadwin, David Hearn, Matt Kuchar, Graham McDowell, Ryan Palmer, Brant Snedeker, who's out with an injury, and Nick Taylor. That's team RBC, as well as Morgan Pressel and Brooke Henderson on the LPGA Tour. Yeah. So he's just probably taking it out because the, the in-laws Canadian. Yeah. And he finished second here last year. So what the heck? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I don't have too much. I mean, DJ's DJ. I mean, if you want to pay up uh, extra for him, then that's what you, you need to do. I, I think there's plenty of value down below to get him on your lineup if you want it. Uh, but I'm just sort of, I want to go more balanced this, this week. So I'm looking at a, you know, almost two grand reduction in Charlie Hoffman. You came seventh here uh, last time you played, so he's no slouch at this course. DJ finished second last time he played here and the time before that. That's well, true. We're just splitting hairs. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're two of the top three price guys in the field for a reason, and part of it's that we have a weaker field. So mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of guys choosing to to make the, the flight back and, and play again this week. But uh, Well, it, it, you know – Back in the day, the Canadian Open used to be much bigger than it is now because it wasn't scheduled right after the Open Championship. Well, now it's scheduled. Uh, like People like DJ, he has to play the Open Championship. He's going to be playing the Canadian Open. Then he's going to go to Ohio and play the uh, WGC Bridgestone. So there's a lot of golfers who don't like playing three weeks in a row. So you're never going to have this great feel because people are going to take that week off after the Open Championship uh, to rest up for the Bridgestone. Just like they take the week off before the open and don't want to play the John Deere. Yeah. You get some weaker field events this time of year, for sure. It's a busy time. There's lots of bigger tournaments and some of these uh, lesser known tournaments in July and August, they they get the shaft a little bit as far as uh, getting some of the big names to play here. But I'm sure the uh, organizers don't mind having DJ and Kuchar and, you know, some of those RBC guys, if they didn't have RBC to fall back on as a sponsor, it would probably look even worse, but uh, all right. That's the top couple guys this week. I'll go over to Devo for the first take on this next tier. And remember uh, no Brant Snedeker this week. So uh, other kind of nine K plus guys that you like this week. Yeah. I'm pretty bummed that there's no Snedeker this week because he was an excellent play. I think his ownership would have been pretty reduced with his WD last week. Uh, he's got great form, great history, great stats. But now there's this void that I think is going to be filled by Tony Finau, who's an excellent play in his own right. But so many lineups are going to start with Finau. Am I right? 
I think a fair few will. Yeah. Yeah, he's I a did, great player. I mean, I, but... I did make a DJ Finau lineup that I really didn't hate at all. Wow. It's, not, it, it's doable. DJ oh. Finau. I'm sure there's one out there. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Finau. If you're out there, <laughs> give us a call. I'm off Watson and Fierick. I think they're both traps to the course history, guys. Um, didn't Watson show us a few weeks ago that course history won't yes, overcome Yes, he tanked form? at the uh, – Travelers? Uh, it was either the Travelers or the Greenbrier. Where I, think it, I think he missed the cut, though. I think it was the Travelers. Was that the, the place where he was like the all-time money leader or something like that? I think that I, was- I think he's won at the Travelers twice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, he – Burned a bunch of people that week. Three yeah, straight was- made cuts, but 27th, 44th, and 70th. Nothing really too exciting there for Bubba. I would rather skip those two guys and look at Kevin Chappell at 9K. His stats are very excellent for the field. Uh, his form is also very good. He has played here twice. Two very poor performances, which may keep his ownership down. But he's been playing much better golf lately. And... Yeah, if people are going to be on Fierk and Watson with me now, I'll take Chapel. I think he's a really interesting case this week because if you if you just go for the last three or four months, his form is really solid. But if you look at the last two tournaments, he's finished plus nine and plus eight. So that, that was enough to kind of scare me away. I don't know if there's something going on right now. Now, last week that was three shots below the cut line, but the week before it was like seven shots below the cut line. So – I don't know. I don't know if there's something there, but that will definitely, and with, you know, with Finau, not, not too much higher and some other options in the eight Ks. I don't think anybody really is going to go after chapel this week. So I think you get your low ownership there for sure. Sweet. I'll take it. Uh, Give you got thoughts on uh, Furek chapel Finau kind of range there. I like Finau, but I think everyone else will. So there's not much to say about that fits the sort of the mold. I mean, he's, what is it, uh, fourth in strokes gain off the tee. So, you know, he's used to be, you know, the guy who's hitting short wedges into these sort of, or short clubs into these par fives. So he, he's one that's already doing that. So I, I just foresee him continuing on. Bubba scares me. Uh, Bubba scared me all, all year. I, I, I don't think I've ever even come close to rostering him. And this week is no different. Furyk just played the Barbasol um, and did not finish that remarkably well, considering it was the Barbasol. And that was won by whom? Uh, yes, exactly. Grayson Murray. Uh, okay. So, you know, he's coming off an average performance at a subpar event, uh, a, a, B, a B event. Uh, an, oh, it was an alternate event. So I'm not interested in Furyk either. Uh, hopefully people migrate to him because... You know, he just hasn't been the same Jim Furyk this year uh, and, you know, sort of hasn't been the same Jim Furyk for the last year, couple of years, if I'm not mistaken, apart from the 58, of course. Um, Chapel, yes, I can't say Keegan Bradley anymore. So the next person who I like is David Lingmurth. I think he's a great fit for this course. He's uh, played the Canadian Open twice. He's made one cut of two attempts. His uh, missed cut wasn't at this course, and the made cut, I think, was either a 12th or a 22nd. Um, he, uh, the, the Memorial Jacks tournament in the last three years, he's had really solid uh, performances there, including a win, 
I think he's won the last five or not one last five. He's made the cut in the last five at that tournament. And that's another course that sort of plays more downhill as well. So um, a correlating course I like is the Memorial and David Lingmurth fits the bill. So I really like him. I believe uh, if they credit him, if it's, but I read on Josh Culp's article um, that let's see only three other golfers in the field have gained more strokes on Nicholas designs since 2014 than David Lingmurth. So, uh, could be one angle, even though his last couple tournaments haven't been the greatest for him either. Uh, just, just like Chapel, um, prior to those two events, he had been playing really, really well. well Devo, you want to throw a case out there for Keegan? I want to, but I just think Chapel is such a better play for the extra dollar. Um, and I don't, I think that Keegan's actually going to be more popular than Chapel. So uh, Keegan's the fine play. Don't let me talk you off of him, but I think Chapel is superior. Keegan's taken a few weeks off, uh, hasn't played since the Greenbrier. So uh, a couple weeks for him to rest and recharge while a lot of these guys have been uh, flying to England and back and uh, not necessarily a bad thing. Ian Poulter has been playing pretty well. He's made quite a few cuts in a row, uh, eight now and uh, ninth at the Scottish open 14th at the open championship. So Ian Poulter's flashing some form a little bit lately. Just don't know if I can pay 8.7 K for him. Um, you got Shane Lowry, JB Holmes, Harris English, Graham Delat in this 8K range. Uh, Gib, you got a thought on some of these guys? I I don't really. I mean, I was all over Lowry last week, and you know, he sort of burnt me there. He burnt a lot of people. So, if you want to play the angle of, oh, I don't know if necessarily burnt a lot of people last week, but you know, there, there's a fair, there's a few people on him. Uh, Holmes. English, Delat hasn't had great um, sort of event history at the Canadian Open. I don't know if it's because he feels more pressure playing at home, but he just doesn't have the sort of results that you think that he might would, considering it's his, his home country uh, open. So, you know, if I have to pick one out of there, it'd be Poulter, but I would like it. I'd prefer just to uh, pay the extra $100 and go up to Lingworth or drop down to my boy, Patrick Cantley. Your boy. <laughs> Just like my boy Keegan Bradley. You're, you're gonna you're gonna pop on the ship now. The guy hasn't played in a month and a half. Oh, you know he's yeah. Uh, his last performance was at the Memorial's 35th. So if if I'm taking that as a sort of somewhat correlating course, then and it was a much better um, field, and he still came 35th. That's that's a decent uh, sort of result. In fact, uh, the two top threes that he had this season were in fields weaker than this. They were the two worst fields that he's played in in 2017, and he came top three in it. Well, this is even worse than those two ones. So uh, I don't see why he can't be in the top ten again this week. Uh, but, yeah, the the layoff does sort of worry me a little bit. But, um, you know, his price is right for how weakness how weak this field is. I was just busting your chops. I, oh, that's so good. You, you can do that, Matt. Uh, the the chatter, um, which has not been from any you know wildly confirmed source, but I was curious because he hasn't played in so long. But I guess he's part of a, a scheduled maintenance for him because of his back issues. 
uh, that that he didn't play for that length of time. So if you are are worried about the fact that maybe there is an injury, maybe there's something, it appears that this was planned uh, with him not playing for that length of time. I can't confirm any of that, but there are, you know, he has had back issues and, and injury problems in the past. So as far as I know, it was, it was planned out that way. Uh, if there's some people out there that are, are concerned about that long layoff uh, thoughts on the 8k range for you, Debo. I think that Patrick Cantlay is going to become everybody's boy this week. He was 16% at the Memorial did just fine. He is not priced fairly at all for this field. He's priced the same as he was in other fields and we were getting on him at 8% ownership. But at this price tag, he is more likely to win according to Vegas odds until you get all the way up to Bubba Watson. And I think that people aren't going to be able to ignore that. And I think that people are going to be like, ah, Patrick Cantlay, he's been contrarian and everybody's going to go down that road. It's a great price tag. And I mean, it compares to guys like Robbie Shelton and Grayson Murray and Danny Lee with the WD and Ben Martin and Grand Delot with terrible course history and Harris English, who's usually 6.8K. So I think Cantlay is going to be a big part of a lot of people's lineups. So I'm off him for the first time. Yet. I can't believe Grayson Murray's 8K. <laughs> hey, now, just Grayson won. Murray won the Barbasol, so good for him. I've always loved the guy. I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we've thrown our fair share. I have thrown my fair share of shade at him for his uh, antics on the social media, but I'm not going to hate on a guy for winning a PGA Tour event. Good for him. Uh, kind of sucks for him that it was also the week of the Open that Jordan Spieth won, so nobody cared that uh, Grayson Murray won the Barbasol, but Grayson Murray got a nice We would have cared if he had access to Twitter because you know he's out there just pouring Dom on some 19-year-old's boobies at like some sorority house all week. I wouldn't know because I can't, you know, I, I can't, I can't follow his Twitter because he blocked me, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm sure it's a great time. If anyone's got some highlights from the Grayson Murray Twitter feed that they want to take a screenshot and share, you can. I, I can but, check uh, for you, mate. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, that's right. You're not blocked. You're one of the chosen ones. You're not blocked. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care that much, uh, but uh, anyway, maybe after the show. So yeah, that, that does lend some credence to a guy like Cantlay um ben martin i think is really really interesting because his course history is bad his recent form is really good uh you know it kind of depends on what angle you take on that sixth last week at the barbasol 39th at the john deere 37th at the Greenbrier, fifth at the quicken loans uh ben martin hasn't missed a cut since the rbc heritage back in april and he's been playing a lot of golf so uh if the current form wins out for you then then he could be in play uh there's another bomber in there and jb holmes I haven't kind of hit or missed it. What are you guys' takes on him? Devo, you got a take on J.B. Holmes? Yeah, I like J.B. Holmes. I usually don't, but I think he's got a fair price tag here. I just worry about his popularity. I wonder if people are going to click on him over Ian Poulter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a really good read over how people are going to handle him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been pretty streaky in ownership and play, but his form is coming around quietly. Five straight made cuts with a ninth and a twelfth in there. I mean, Poulter was only like 10% last week. I expected him to be more popular. I guess if I'm going to have to call it, I would say that JB is probably going to be more popular. Maybe. I don't know. He was only 3% last week, 15 at the Greenbrier. Well, there's usually a surge. Uh, for instance, Hoffman, there's always a surge on him after a major, or at least in 2017. Uh, 
goes from like 3% up to 15%. And, you know, if he's at 7% for major, it's going up to something like 20%. I'm talking sort of cash cash games or sort of an average between tournaments and, and cash games. So I think Poulter will have a surge uh, because he did play and he was in contention and he was on TV a lot uh, last week. So people were just going to automatically, uh, you know, if they don't like a name in there, they're probably going to click on Poulter anyway because they saw him a whole bunch last week. So uh, if, if I was to say between JB and Poulter, I'd probably say Poulter will be higher on than JB. Yeah, we've got their projected ownership right now, right around 1920 for both of them. So, yeah. and I really like your Ben Martin pick, dude. I've been clicking on around on this, and yeah, I mean, it's, he's it's, probably it's the best option stinks, that's going to go but... the least. Look, well, he's only played like once. I mean, oh, yeah, I might not he had a terrible that. round last, you know, last year, but so do you really care about that? No, no, I don't. I, uh, I mean, his current form is is pretty spectacular. So it is spectacular. Um, Eight point two k. He'll he'll fly through the flew through the cracks there, especially with Cantley only a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the eight k guys for you, Gib? Otherwise, you can uh, move on down to uh, Grayson Murray and company. <laughs> uh, if I was desperate, I'd play Grayson. I mean, he, he's as much as I dislike his antics and what. Oh, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna retract that because I'm We're just attempting to. We're attempting to make a politically correct statement here. Well, I, I'm not always politically correct sometimes, so I'm just kind of trying to hold. Well, you're my... trying right now. You, yeah. you can tell that you're trying. But yeah, you know, the whole month that I was gone out of DFS, I've just noticed that he was 74th withdrew and miscut at the John Deere. So it's not like his recent form has been great. You know, prior to that, it was 26th, 18th, 35th, and 27th. That's what I remember about Grayson Murray before I left, and I. I haven't really tracked him while I was in Australia. I had uh, slightly more important things to do. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know how he's going to bounce back after a win. So, you know, if you're desperate, pick Grayson Murray. I'm not going to be on him. Danny Lee scares me because, you know, he is an injury-prone person. And he did withdraw. He did tweet out that he's saying that he's, he's good to go. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt if you want. I, I'm probably not going to be on him. I don't want to go back to, to Gary Woodland, but I just find all these options in here in this high 7K range just not to my liking. Um, you know, if I was desperate, I might pick up Hudson Swafford, but I, I'm not feeling that desperate. So, you know, 7-6 seven, seven, and above, it's pretty much Gary Woodland for me, and that's about it. Uh, Danny Lee's tweet, to your point. My injury is getting better, and I'm ready to go at RBC Canadian Open. So, um, you know, he, he kind of he withdrew from the John Deere Classic. He was three over in the first round. The cut was like three under, uh, two under, something like that. So he would have had to have a, a really good second round, and he was one of the first alternates for the Open. So he basically said that he played it safe without coming out and saying that that's what he was doing. If he would have had a better first round at that tournament, maybe he doesn't pull out. But it didn't sound like a serious thing. And uh, hopefully can't see him doing it two weeks in a row. Maybe if he gets off to another bad start, who knows. But we do know that in scenarios such like such as this, it does lower uh, ownership on guys. So if that interests you, perhaps Danny Lee is 
worth a look. Um, but just that. remember, Danny Lee's the type of guy to withdraw with like seven holes left to go in the final round. Has he done that before? Yep. <laughs> Boy, At least was... you get the scoring up until then, I think. Well, I don't think you did back then. I think they no, changed. No, you, you're correct. Yeah, they changed that. That was that was a sore point amongst most people. And I'd probably, to this day, his ownership is probably lower than what it should be just for that one tournament. The, the 2% people, the 2% of people that just automatically X him out every week because of that. Yeah. Um, uh, Debo, your thoughts on uh, some of the higher 7K guys? I think that Danny Lee is going to actually garner some ownership. I think that tweet is going to sway a lot of people, and he really is a pretty fine purchase in this range. I don't think that it is GTO to play any of these guys that emerge as chalk, whether that be Woodland or Lee or Tway or List or any of these guys that we can talk about because there are a zillion options that are all viable between 7.5 and 8K, you know, even 7.4 if you want to throw in Stewart's sink. So um, if Danny Lee is going to be popular, then give me some Kang. Uh, almost the same thing. Looks very similar. Not the same guy, different ownership. Gary Woodland, I think, may be a trap. I think he's going to be very popular. Uh, and if he ends up being popular, then give me Kevin Tway or Graham McDowell if Tway is going to end up being popular. I think that Fanshare Sports is going to prove invaluable this week in figuring out which one of these guys that we don't talk about very often is getting talked about the most. And that's going to be the guy that I'm looking for. A funny story. I didn't tell this last week in the interest of time and because he wasn't playing, but um, at the John Deere Classic, it was the, the so the first hole is uh, somewhat of an uphill par four. Uh, the first, the first five holes. Uh, at the John Deere Classic are, are, are generally uphill. Uh, so that's the toughest walk on the course. But on the first hole, I was walking up the fairway and the group was teeing off. So I stopped and I heard one of the guys that was driving yell four and I couldn't tell which direction he said. And I didn't bother to look to see where he was pointing because I was pretty much right in where the landing area would have been of the drives uh, down the left-hand side of the, the cart path there. So uh, you know, kind of ducked and made sure it wasn't coming at me. And I didn't hear anything, didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, didn't, there, there wasn't a huge crowd following this group. So uh, nobody seemed to be congregating around a, a golf ball or anything like that. So, and I saw the, the Ranger was up ahead with a little flag, but he was just kind of off to the side um, talking to somebody. And about 30 seconds later, I stepped on Kevin Tway's golf ball, <laughs> uh, which had come to rest on the cart path. And the ranger that was supposed to be there to make sure that people, because you're walking up an incline. So you're, you know, I was focused on making sure I didn't trip or anything like that. And I, I kind of saw it right as I was going to step on it. So I didn't move it, but the ranger that was supposed to be guarding the golf ball was busy chatting with somebody and not doing his job. So uh, he politely just pretended like nothing happened and then got back to his job and, and the next groups that walked through um you know he made sure that nobody else stepped on it because it would have happened and then so from there after nothing happened nothing to see here and then we all kind of lined up to watch him hit the next shot his option for a drop from the cart path you can take a free drop from the cart path but his option for a drop was on a side hill lie that was just nasty uh, so he opted to hit the ball from the cart path with like a nine iron and i he just 
plops it right on the green like it's nobody's business from the cart path where I probably would have shattered my club into pieces, puts it on the green about 40 feet away and made a par from there. And nobody ever knew the wiser about me stepping on this golf ball. But that's my experience with Kevin Tway on the first hole at the John Deere Classic. So you're here to say that you swayed Kevin Tway's <laughs> day. I did on the first hole. Um, it was awkward and fascinating at the same time because everybody pretended like nothing happened and I was fine with that. So uh, they hadn't, the group hadn't walked up close enough yet to where anybody, you know, had, was able to see what happened. And the Ranger knew that he kind of screwed up by not uh, being there where the ball was. And it wasn't, wasn't really anybody's fault, but, but his for not being there. And well, I was just trying to make sure I didn't look like an idiot fall down. But uh, anyway, that was, that was the Kevin not. Toy story. Yeah. I wonder if he can use this video confessional and oh, proper I, evidence for the USDA. You know, I think that uh, they need to retroactively assess him a two-stroke penalty uh, for that. I don't know if the, the, uh, the calling. Well, he came 12. So yeah, obviously hey. Justin stepping on his balls does something. <laughs> <laughs> that was on Family Show. This is uh, that was on Saturday. So yeah, he played pretty well after that. But uh, Kevin Tway can hit the ball a long way. So if you're uh, if you're looking for driving distance this week, uh, give him a look. And I don't know. I agree with Devo. I think circling back to the actual golfer this week, I think it is uh, interesting with so many names in here, and maybe the ownership just gets diluted o across a lot of these different guys because there are so many options. Uh, Gib, you got some guys that you like standing out in here. In the uh, low 7Ks? Uh, Mid-7Ks, whoever yeah. you haven't covered yet. Well, uh, Scott Stallings, uh, he, he played pretty well last week. Uh, it was pretty unfortunate that he didn't walk away with a win. Uh, there's, there's a fair few low rounds, I think, for that tournament last week, but obviously it's probably not a really yeah, great Yeah, it, it kept going. I, I was just kind of keeping an eye on it here and there, and it's like the leaderboard kept flip-flopping with whoever was making two or three birdies in a row at the time. Yeah, and so... There's it, it, not great, you know, I, I want to say Stuart Sink. I arrested him last week and uh, for a while it looked like the goods and, and for a while being, you know, five or six holes and then he went downhill and then he had the really bad draw on the Friday and went even further downhill. But uh, I, I can't bring myself to say Sink because that's the third time this three out of three times I've rostered Sink this season. He's played really bad. And it's just to the point now where I just can't roster him anymore because I bring him down for everyone else as well. Uh, Chad Campbell, he was my value pick in 2016. Uh, played pretty well. Um, came, I think, 26th last year at this course. He has a 12th and a 14th at this course prior. Um, his course, uh, his recent form has been solid. Um, he has a $700 bump up from last year, but... I don't mind that. He comes in sixth in my model, so I, I don't mind Chad Campbell there at all. So, uh, you know, if I'm going to go team uh, RBC and Canadian, I'll go with Adam Hadwin, but I'm not confident about Hadwin anymore. Yeah, Chad Campbell is going to be massively popular this week. He's currently projected as the fourth highest owned golfer right now. So uh, the, the form is there. The price still seems a little bit cheap. And Kind of surprising when I was digging through the stats yesterday. Chad Campbell leads the PGA Tour in scrambling this mm -hmm. year, which uh, you know, I knew he was he was playing well, but I, I wouldn't have guessed that he led the tour in scrambling. And he's in the top 40 in par five scoring as well, so no slouch, even though he's not the longest on tour off the tee, still holds his own pretty well on the par five. So 
uh, I think a lot of people are going to start to to take notice, and and Campbell will be pretty popular this week. But he's been uh, top fifteen in four of his last six events, so that's pretty solid, right? There. Yeah, and top twenty in three in a row. So uh, Ches Reeby's another guy that'll get some attention in there. Any other kind of mid seven k names for you, Devo? Yeah, I mean, Chad Campbell, it's pretty impossible to argue with him, except for the fact that he's going to be the chalk. Um, Chez Reeve is basically Chad Campbell as far as he looks on paper. Um, if there's going to be a big ownership differential there, then Reeve is definitely the play over Campbell. I like Sink, but just as a contrarian GPP play, you know, he's sunk enough lineups lately that you know, people are definitely going to be off him compared to the other guys. But might be like a third of the ownership as you see on Reeve and Campbell. Um, my favorite sneaky guy in this price range is Anurban Lahiri at 7.6K. He traditionally goes pretty overlooked, but he's got very solid stats and form, and he has never played at this course. So with all these other options, I think that he's going to be very low owned and looks just as good as you know, somebody like Luke List or G-Mac or Tway or, you know, Swafford or Woodland. So, I mean, if you got Lahiri at two to one over any one of those guys, you would be robbing people. And that's basically what you're going to get in ownership at least. Yeah, Lahiri second at the Memorial, 17th at the Travelers, 32nd at the Scottish Open. Missed the cut last week, but only by one stroke at the Open Championship. So, um, been playing really well over the last couple months and, and will – likely get overlooked in that range i hadn't uh, considered him either so uh, he's a guy that that's definitely with all those other names and they're not uh, not going to get paid attention to by uh, by a lot of people making lineups this week it's funny his uh results in 2017 when not on u.s soil it's uh, 19th 7th 5th and 32nd yeah the conclusion must be then that anurban lahiri hates donald trump <laughs> that's it. is that the conclusion we're drawing here oh possibly we are not going to go down that path we are not going down that path on this show i'll squelch that right now but uh other low 7k guys uh gib who you got in here mr no hat doing anything for you this week oh yeah yeah if i can get uh ollie schneijans at this price i'll probably take him each and every time especially for cash games he's he's form um his form's been a little suspect he's played i think here well, actually, he played here once, I think. Before. I think it's Cantley that's played here twice. Um, and this was probably one of Ali's first tournaments, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and he came 22nd at this course, so um, something to look at. He's, his stats that I'm looking at sort of fit the bill. His recent form is not that terrible. Like his recent recent form was a, a disqualification at the Green Bar. Uh, before that, his last uh, missed cut was at the Shell Houston. Um, I, he signed an incorrect scorecard in the green bar. Uh, he would have missed the cut by one stroke anyway, so that's uh, neither here nor there. But, you know, I I think he might do well at this tournament. So, you know, at 7-2, I, I feel comfortable putting him into uh, my lineups. Yeah, that price just seems quite cheap uh, to me. Followed him around for a good chunk of uh, one of his weekend rounds at the John Deere where uh, where he played pretty well and and his odds are a lot better than a lot of these uh, other guys in this price range. So Did you get him to autograph your hat? <laughs> How ironic. Yeah, it was it was nice to follow his group around because the you know the first hole that you decide to follow him you, it was really easy to tell who was who uh, from the guy that uh, that obviously wasn't wearing a hat. But uh, 
I mean, he can hit the ball a long way. I, he hit like a 370 yard drive and, uh, I feel bad for, by the way, Gib, you were talking about Jim Furyk's driving distance here last year. Uh, it's all relative, but Jim Furyk is is in a group with Dustin this week. So I think uh, I think Furyk will be uh, hitting first on uh, most of the – I forget who the third person is. I have to go back and look. But uh, <laughs> it's Furyk and, and Dustin, I know, are in the same group, which I found kind of ironic. Uh, other low 7K plays for you, Debo. Yeah, hard to argue with Ollie, and I think that he might actually go slightly overlooked with just the plethora of options. Uh, you know, you pay a few extra dollars, and you're getting Chad or Chez in the 40s to one to win to win this thing. Ollie's definitely best uh, Vegas odds to DK price ratio down here in the 7.2k range, but there's a bunch of options also in the 7k range that are better than him that. Uh, I think that Ollie will be not chalk. So, yeah, put me on Team Ollie. Um, it's picking start to get pretty slim after Ollie, which I guess is the only thing that worries me about kicking up his ownership. Uh, let's see you about that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will look to kind of stop their lineups down here. I mean, there's a few guys at 7K that might be worth a look, but you'll see a lot of people that maybe try to stop their lineups with like Snyder Jans and, and Campbell at the bottom or something like that. I, I can see that happening. I think there are some guys that are all right in the six Ks, but I don't think you have to go down there. You got any thoughts on that Gib? Oh, there's a fair few players under or seven K and under that. I don't mind. Um, Daniel summer Hayes being one of them. I want to I want to roster Nick Watney, but last time I did, it was I was basically jet lagged and I needed a, a slot. And I looked at Nick Watney and I saw what he did, and I decided to roster him. And then he decided to miss the cut. I think that was at the John Deere, wasn't it? Um, well, he did miss the cut there, yeah. So yeah. The... Um, Patrick Rogers, I just don't feel comfortable on. Um, it gets down to sort of another team, RBC slash Canadian. And what, what, what's with the quick dismissal of Patrick Rogers? He hasn't been playing well lately. I've just never been a Patrick Rogers person. And so I naturally dismiss him quickly anyway. Um, if, the, but, if not for Bryson's incredible run at the John Deere, he wins that thing. I, I know you were, that was when you were gone. So, but, but he yeah. almost, he almost won. Well, I mean, you know, I, I have a somewhat a different psyche, I guess, for lack of a better term than you guys, because I, I was away for that. So, you know, I didn't get to see his travel as 35th, his, you know, Quicken Loans 22nd. And, you know, it, there's a lot to be said if you're watching it and it sort of resonates in your head and you think, oh, yeah, he played. He, it seems like he's been playing pretty good. That's how I've got my feel for for picking teams over the years. And so... When I don't get to watch tournaments, I, I feel somewhat lost a little sometimes. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his last four results and yeah, they're much better than what I thought they were. So I'll, I'll probably retract the statement and say, yeah, I, I don't mind Patrick Rogers. I just would hate to roster him and then have him fall on his face and then me think, yeah, I just shouldn't have done that. I wasn't confident to begin with. Um, David Hearn, Team RBC slash Canadian. I don't know if uh, in Canada you do what the Canadians do, um, but you know, when in K, when in Canada, play a Canadian. So uh, David Hearn might be another option if you want to go under seven K. 
Seamus Power is another one that I'm sort of intrigued about. Um, his recent form, it's been solid. It hasn't been spectacular, but, you know, since the uh, Puerto Rican Open, 58th, 49th, 57th, 27th, miscut, 38th, 50th, and 25th. And so, you know, those aren't quality events, but neither is this. So he has, oh, and he came 18th at the Barbasol too. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a player to look for if you're looking for an under 7K. And then there's uh, just a couple more, but I'll let you guys uh, spew off some in, in case I'm taking up too much time. Yeah, go ahead, Debo. You got any other value guys you like this week? Yeah, I do like Patrick Rogers. I think he's got a fantastic mustache, and I think that people are going to go Summer Hayes over Rogers. So, uh, since they look out basically the same expectation to me, give me the guy with a lower ownership, and that will be Patrick. Uh, I think Summer Hayes is a fine play too, and shouldn't be too popular. Uh, I might even try to sneak both of them onto a team. Um, if I'm interested in that, it makes it hard for me to want to go lower, but there's a few guys that I've been wrestling with. Uh, I'm interested in Trey Mullinax. Uh, I'm interested in Tringale. I think Hearn is being bet up by his countrymen. Uh, Morgan Hoffman, Cameron Smith, both slightly interesting, but I don't think it's until I get to a guy like Cameron Percy, mm -hmm. Jason Cockrack, Dirt McGirt, or even Robert Garrigus. I think those I are the guys I love Robert Garrigus this week. And I think that Garrigus and uh, Percy and those guys are really cheap on FanDuel. I we are going to see how much influence uh, that we have on ownership because it's in my article this week, it's in my video this week, and it's talking about we're talking about it right now. I am all aboard Team Garrigus this week. The guy was first in strokes gained tee to green at the Barbasol last week. He's made four cuts in a row. Don't get fooled by that number at the John Deere. He got DQ'd for an incorrect scorecard in the third round, uh, but he was in the top 30 prior to that. So four cuts in a row uh, made for Garrigus. He can bomb it off the tee. He can dominate these par fives. He's terrible with the putter, so that always adds some risk, but at 6.6K, I'm fully aboard the uh, Team Garrigus train and GPPs this week, and I'm going to keep tooting that horn just to see uh, where his ownership ends up come Thursday. And if it's 2.5%, then I will conclude that I have absolutely no influence <laughs> on ownership. If it's 10% or higher, I'll conclude that maybe there is some influence here. But that's the uh, Garrigus train for me this week. It uh, could crash and burn, but, hey, I like it for that price. All right, Gib, toss a couple more uh, value names out there. Oh, Devo nailed them all. Uh, I thought Cameron Percy was going to be a, a sneaky one for me, but uh, Devo covered it two, two 12th places in a row. Let's uh, go for three. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's certainly been playing pretty well. And for a guy that's uh, that's priced that cheaply, there are, you know, some potential diamonds in the rough uh, down here. Uh, don't get fooled by the name value with Ryan Palmer. He just isn't having a great year. He's been all over the place. No Ryan Palmer for me. Uh, Rick Lamb came third at the John Deere. Barely made the cut last week, though, at the Barbasol, if you're kind of looking for some guys that uh, might be under the radar. Morgan Hoffman's been playing pretty well the last few tournaments. Uh, Cam Cameron Smith is uh, really cheap at 6,800, but uh, the current form for him, cut 65th, cut and cut. So, uh, a little, little too wild right now to to endorse him, but maybe Matt was, Jones as well. Yeah, Matt Jones, uh, I believe, got in on a, a sponsor's exemption this week, so he's down there available on the cheap as well. 
that's about it for me. I don't think I'm going anywhere. Garrigus is about the floor for me this week. I can't go too crazy with any other guys. And well, you can't go too further down. Yeah, there's uh, and there's not much. Uh, it is a weak field, so there's not much behind that anyway. But uh, that's gonna do it for us this week here at the uh, PGA After Dark Show. We've got the World Golf Championships Bridgestone Tournament in Ohio next week, so we will bring you a show for that. Until then, best of luck in all your contests, everybody. Take care, and we will see you one week from now. For Gib, for Devo, I am Justin. Take care, everybody. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts, you can get $25 or more off brand new DeWalt power tools by trading in your old ones. You know, those worthless tools you never use anymore? Yeah, those dusty things can actually save you at least $25 on new DeWalt power tools. Hmm, not so worthless after all. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 63019.